Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Hello, Burn. Good evening, Dan. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's Lovely. absolutely chucking it down here, and I did get soaked coming back yeah. in from the car. It's uh, uh, we're going into October to March. Are like my a Christmas aside, are like my grim months. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. April to September. <laughs> definitely the better six months of the year. Yeah, the, when the sun's out, sunglasses, beer garden. Hell yeah. That's that's the life Not really. Every other year a World Cup or Euros take it yeah. all day long. Um yeah, but we've had a very interesting week um footballing wise. Mm. Some would say you've had a better week than me, would argue. <laughs> I'd say it's been an up and down week. <laughs> but yeah, both ends it's... of the spectrum, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we've really got we really went from one end to the other. So we'll do the shirts and then uh Coming up later on in the podcast, we'll go through the games that happened during the week, and we'll preview the th- three games. I think it's only three games. Um, so yeah, this first segment uh, we always start with is called "What We're Wearing." Uh, so obviously, I'm a Blues fan, so I wear one of the many. Well, I've got many blue shirts, and I'll pick one out and you know have a reflect on my memories from when that kit is from, and so on, and what I think of the kit itself. And then obviously, Callum's a Villa fan, so he does the exact same. Um, but with is is a wide array of Villa kits. So yeah, should we get into it? Yeah, do you, shall we? You go first this week, Dan. I feel like yeah. I go first definitely, a lot of the time. Oh, it's it's a it's an F and C one. Yes. I think this is oh. a championship kit just by the kit maker. I couldn't oh. even tell you that brand actually. Yeah. X Factor. Um, so it's a white for anyone listening on the audio. Yeah, it's a white F and C investments kit let, with a blue collar. So you won the League Cup in ten eleven. So I reckon it's nine ten away. You are wrong. So oh. you're very close, though. So this is 10-11 away. So this is the year we won the oh. Uh, oh, is that so one? Oh. Yeah. Also, we were in the Premier League as well in 9-10 anyway. Um, but, oh, uh, so, yeah, this is a white uh, F&C Investments away kit, XTEP for the kit maker, who I have never known another English club to have XTEP as their kit manufacturer. Uh, we had them this season and we had them the following season. I'm pretty sure they're Chinese. And obviously, we've just been bought by a Chinese um consortium but apparently i haven't seen this for myself but literally i heard they'd gone bust or something but apparently they're doing some of the saudi arabian kits now obviously the their league's really kind of been in the news a lot and stuff so apparently they're doing some kits over there otherwise it, it won't be long until nike and adidas and all them are oh doing yeah all those kits anyway 100 percent. um so. but yeah this kit so i genuinely wonder did I just wear really large clothes when I was a child? <laughs> so this kit I got in, I, I wore this shirt to Wembley for the League Cup final. Oh my God. And it still just about fits me now. Uh, this was half my life ago and I, it somehow... Um, well, the kits back then, at least I found this when I've been buying older kits, the kits used to be so baggy and now they're very much like a slim fit, tight, tight fitting. And so... I can size down almost, or like a medium for like the kits from the early noughties are like just a bigger than a large on me. And so, yeah, I, I much preferred it when kits are like that personally, the sort of baggier look. Um, 
this kit though is a weird one. So yeah, I obviously I bought this just before the League Cup final because I, I wanted one from that season to wear to Wembley. Yeah. And I had the home kit was quite similar. Obviously, it was the kind of V pattern one. Um, and like in hindsight, has become a really famous kit because it was the one we won the League Cup in. So it's one. I, there's another one of them, like um, you know football shirt shops opening up in link street in town soon so I'll, I'll pop in and like if they've got it i might keep an eye out for it but at the time this one was like the, the definite one to get because the home one was quite similar to the one from the year before and obviously the season itself obviously we talk about two ends of the scale obviously we had our greatest success ever but then we um obviously got relegated in the may so we could do a whole other podcast on that. It's arguably our greatest and our worst season in in one. The kit, though, of course we and of course we touched on it in our special podcast on Alex McLeish, which you can check out on audio platforms and YouTube. Yes, check it out. We um we're getting pretty into it. Um, this kit though is I, I do like the shirt for one, although it's kind of we have had a lot of it similar really shirts over the years. Yeah, it's clean. Um, it's not massively dissimilar to you know the, I'll wear it on a podcast soon I'm sure the uh, one we had under Red Nut the 17-18 one with 888 Sport as the sponsor um, I'll probably recognise it when I see it yeah it's almost the exact same but this is one of the kits we barely wore you know like away kits that you barely wear we had a, thir- a red third away kit this year um, that's the one I remember yeah and we uh, this was one we wore it probably at like Everton and Chelsea and I'm not sure we wore it at, like at anyone else so yeah we, we had a couple of years of white kit away kits where we, we didn't really wear it much um but yeah I like it and I wore it to Wembley so it'll always have a you know it'll always be yeah, that's one, for that reason that's one to never get rid of absolutely yeah absolutely um you are wearing a goalkeeper kit I am wearing a goalkeeper kit yeah Macron long sleeve gr- uh look at, hexagon- look at these hexagons down the yeah. sleeve down so interesting <laughs> I'm trying to see, like, what keepers am I visualising wearing that? I'm thinking Brad Guzan. Yeah, I definitely yeah. like the Guzan in this show. I'm going to say 2015 goalkeeper kit. Even though that was your worst season ever. No, it wasn't that year. I don't I didn't, I didn't. didn't have a kit from that season, actually. I refused. I really liked the, the away one, but I refused to buy it. Um, no, this is the 12-13 home goalkeeper kit, so the green one. There was also a, wow. a horrible orange and a really nice black one. But So... Back in the day, when I used to play Sunday League football, I was a goalkeeper. So I have a good handful of goalkeeper shirts dotted around. This is one of the few that still fits me. Because uh, the as we were saying, the kits back then were just really baggy. So this one has my name on the back of it. It's that, oh, that's how old it is. It let's, see, let's see. It has... hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. that's how old it is. The old felt numbers and everything on the back. Um, so, yeah, so I got a hold of array of goalkeeper kits but the actual season is is not one to shout about in in the slightest um probably the man- man- paul lambert manager? first season of paul lambert and there's a very famous result at villa park which this kit was probably worn in that we don't look back on which is of course the bradford league cup semi-finals yeah Best Sorry. result of our season. I remember the best result of our season that was <laughs> because <getting> <laughs> i remember i was really nervous you were going to win it like relatively soon after like a couple of years after we did it yeah um, like i was nervous when you got to the final in 2020 let alone like <laughs> a couple of years later yeah no oh god those games were dreadful I, I hate looking back on those days those were dark days really 
And they were only going to get worse from that point for a time. Yeah, I know Paul Lambert is not your uh, favorite favorite of uh, the Villa man. It was just an era of shit manager after shit manager, wasn't it? Like, yeah, McLeish Lambert. Sherwood. I didn't mind Sherwood. Yeah, but, he's kind of uh, nothing he could really do about it. Where he was Sherwood, was it? No, Remy Gard, Di Matteo. That's some that, run of managers. That's that's pretty rough. Um, but so what keepers wore that kit? Then was it Guzan? Guzan, Guzan and Mandy wore that. Guzan and Shay Given would have been oh, the two wow. goalkeepers that wore it. Um, so. Yeah, I um I always when I was a goalkeeper, I always used to love play. There's a couple of colours that you just love playing in. Like I hear Emmy Martinez these days has colours that he likes and what have you. So green was one that I always loved wearing as a goalkeeper. Black was another one. Um, I remember I had a couple of kits which were like bright yellow, and I didn't really like them because oh, they're just a bit Ben-Kuman. too loud. Enkelman and his bright yellow, of course. Oh, the bronze um, one. Oh. Very nice. I have never bought a goalkeeper kit. I never was a goalkeeper, but. I don't know, it just never occurred to me to buy one. But I do really like our yellow goalkeeper kit this year. Mm. It could be like a, just a blues away kit, a classic blues away kit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so who knows? Maybe, maybe that'll be the one. I'll probably I will probably get one from this season eventually. And maybe that one if I can get my hands on one. Shall we get into the results then? Yeah, shall we just quickly do the League Cup? Because yeah. one to get it out of the way and two it was almost a week ago. Um, and I even wrote some notes in our in our little run plan, Dan, like the day after the result, where the emotions were probably still running a bit high. So <laughs> we'll, we'll work our way through them. Um, I think I said it around when we lost to Legia Warsaw the other week. Disjointed teams lead to disjointed performances, and there was another like stark reminder of there's a reason that's a saying. Um. I understand why we made lots of changes. I expected a lot of changes for this game. Um, we have got some key injuries and we do need to rotate. Like, for example, Luca Dean, with Alex Moreno injured, Luca Dean cannot play every single game. Like, Otherwise, we are going to run him into the ground and he will get injured as well. Obviously, we don't actually have another left back because if we don't play Luca Dean and Alex Moreno is injured, um, Raven, Seb Raven's out on loan at Rotherham or somewhere. So... We trialed John McGinn at left back. Didn't go well, but it, <laughs> it it wasn't it wasn't a disaster, but it didn't go well. Um square peg in a round hole. Yeah, like he wasn't terrible there. I mean, like there's much, I've seen much worse performances from from left actual left than John McGinn like doing a job at left back. Um I think maybe we would have been better off maybe switching to like a back three or something. There was no signs of Callum Chambers or Clement Longley. So they're either both injured or that they upset Unai Emery so much in Warsaw that they've just like, we're never <laughs> going to see them ever again. Yeah. Um, but there was just a lot of bad performances across the board. I mean, the three musketeers of Robin Olsen, Leander Dendonka and Yuri Telemons were like the pick of the bad performances. Um. Robin Olsen, I expected a bad performance and we got a bad performance. So that is what, what you see is what you get there. Um, is just there a bigger... Cannot, yeah, no, is there a bigger difference in two players? Than... Uh, yeah, like from your first choice keeper to your second. Does the Is there any key club in the Premier League that has a bigger gulf between their first choice and their second choice keepers than Villa? I, don't, I, I doubt it. 
<laughs> see, a handful, a handful of clubs like rotate their goalkeepers. You see it with Brentford and Arsenal at the moment. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be too like Robin. Robin Olsen just doesn't fit our system. He can't play out from the back. He can't use his feet. His distribution is atrocious, which is a key part of how we want to play. But I could live with that as a sub goalkeeper if he was a good shot stopper, which he's not. <laughs> so. Yeah, but we we all know that's a position that really needs upgrading, and hopefully we'll do that in January. Um, Leander Dendonka didn't have a good game either, but then he's not played. He had no preseason. These are the first meaningful minutes he's had all season. So, you know, he's a utility player that's nothing special, but he needs minutes, and he's obviously going to look a bit rusty. Yuri Telemann's had a shocker, and... Uh, he really hasn't started well, Dan. You're not he had a, a good fan, preseason. I'm yet to be convinced. I'll be honest. Um, I was really excited with with the signing, and I thought he'd really come in and fit our system quite well. Um, he doesn't really look fit enough at the moment. It, it seemed like a good move for everyone, so it's kind of surprising mm. that it's not really like for him. It's like to leave a relegated club and get to go to a club that's clearly on an upwards trajectory, but it's not quite working out as of yet. Yeah, I wouldn't like. I, I wonder if it's as well. Like, obviously, he was linked with some big moves, like in the last few years, and just had a really, really bad season with Leicester. So, if anything, we've offered a lifeline as a as a good club to move to. It's not going to be that mega Man United move that he maybe had his eye on. Um, but like to have the gall to come out in like the media during the international break and be like, "I'm not happy that I'm not playing," and then put that performance in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think to be honest, I was just really disappointed that we got knocked out the League Cup. Not like you, massive fan of the League Cup. Like, yeah. And I look at the draw and the teams that have been knocked out of it. It's like what an opportunity that would have been. We should do. Uh, we kind of touched on this, but we should do a full podcast eventually on why the League Cup is so good yeah. and why we need to keep it. Because obviously, there's a few. I think the UK, the England is, or the yeah, the UK are the only countries that still have a League Cup, pretty much. Um. But yeah, it's opened up so much this year. Like Man City are out. Uh, yeah, Man City are out, aren't they? And yeah. Newcastle and Man United have got each other in the next round. Like, so one of them's going to get knocked West out. Ham. Arsenal, West Ham. Like, it's yeah. so a club like Villa. It's prime for a team just yeah. below, like the sort of traditional top six or whatever to go and win it. Yeah, and there's just there's just a lot of things that, that that just it just all brewed up into the perfect storm of it being a disastrous night for us. We mentioned very briefly last week about the ticket prices were really expensive, and so the ground was basically empty. It's our lowest gate since we got promoted. We think wow. I th- I'm not sure on the official figures, but it wasn't far off. Just I think it was below the thirty thousand mark. And you have to bear in mind, Everton sold out the entire north stand, mm-hmm. so. Um, so obviously there was no atmosphere the stream I watched it on it just sounded like an Everton game like Labour it's an away day a big following it's, you're going to be loud and so obviously the atmosphere was poor the football was poor yeah bad all round really but I, Want to disappo- yeah I mean I, it kind of it, it'll kind of work out for us it's one less competition to be in it's just a, a couple of less midweek games not that there's many of them but yeah, it's just a missed opportunity. And it's like, the times we've taken the League Cup seriously, we've always gone deep into it. Mm. And the times that, like, 
Okay, last year we had Man United, but we didn't go full strength at Old Trafford last year. We still played like Robin Olsen and Augustinson and you know and Callum Chambers. So yeah. yeah. Maybe the FA Cups are here. That's the one I really want to see us win because we haven't won that competition since 1957. So we've never won it, and that's and yeah. I've never even seen us get to. We got to it's it's something I don't appreciate now. And again, maybe maybe we could do like a podcast fully about like the cups and what we yeah. think like the two domestic cups. But like the year we were this kid, the year we got to the league, Cup, we won the league Cup that year and the year before, and uh, maybe one another year around there, we got to um, the quarterfinal both years. I said, man, I didn't appreciate that. Like, you know, so we were a game away from Wembley again twice. Probably should have, I, mean, I think we got knocked out by Bolton uh, this season. In the, this is 2011. Um, and we haven't even come close since, you know, like getting knocked out third round every year, more or less. Yeah. But yeah, maybe, well, maybe. I guess, I guess for you guys, though, like, with the League Cup, it's a bit different because you've got to play all the early rounds in the League Cup as well. True. As we, we don't. Yeah, but That's the it. FA Cup's obviously a big opportunity because um, mm-hmm. because there's so many teams in the in the third round. Um, but yeah, we move on. Maybe next year. Words to live by. Um, cool. Where do you want to go next then? Because obviously you played again before we played at the weekend. Unless you want to go to Blues and then go back to Villa. Uh, I'd quite like to hear about your field trip to Norfolk, Dan. Yeah, so I want um... the field guide of Norwich. Yeah, so I went on my first away day of the season at the weekend to Norwich. Um, it was kind of unanimously agreed on the way back that Norwich is blacklisted now. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was... Uh, Ipswich is better. Ipswich is better, yeah. Always said it. Better colours and everything. Um, no, it was... like away, You know, away days, it's, you kind of can't let the game ruin it. I know it sounds bad, yeah. but you kind of can't. It's always, you know, you kind of go for the laugh and like, you know, and the trip and stuff. But... Um, but sometimes yeah. the games really do try their best to yeah, really the away <laughs> They do everything they can, yeah. Um, never been to Carrow Road before, but nice little stadium. Um, and they just completely outplayed us from start to end. And you know what's annoying as well is that, like, uh, we were, I'd like we'll, we'll get onto your game later in, uh, on Saturday. But like, I checked my phone in the car, and it was one score line. Then we got to Norwich, checked it again, it was another score line. <laughs> we're in the pub, it's another score line. Get into the ground the score's changed again. And, you know, this news yeah. is coming through and I'm like, okay. And then we go and are, like, pretty pathetic against Norwich. Yeah. And Norwich had lost 5-2 to... I think it's 5-2 or 6-2 maybe even. 6-2, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, to, to Plymouth the week before. And had played midweek as well in the League Cup. Um, we hadn't, so we had... I'm sure they made changes, but, you know, they still played in midweek. And then they just looked in every way, like, fitter than us, stronger than us, faster... And the first half was like fairly even, kind of not many great chances on either side. Um, Norwich had a decent chance from a corner and they got ahead to it, probably should have done better, but there really wasn't much to report. We otherwise had a good chance. I think it was um, Jay Stansfield put a really great ball in across the box and somehow both Hogan, we had like we were kind of perfectly in line with it as well. Um, somehow both Hogan and Burke didn't get on the end of it. And I'm not sure how, it was a great cross. But yeah, the first half was fairly uneventful. And then in the second half, fairly early on, Norwich score from like a free header. Yeah, Sunich of... goes to sleep, doesn't he? Mark yeah, his man. Sunich completely goes to sleep. And um, uh, Gomez Sara uh, gets on the end of it, gets his head on it and and heads it home. 
And it's really annoying because this came right after Jay Stansfield, who did have a decent game. I do like him a lot. He had um, a decent chance just before this when he's been threaded through and he's one-on-one. And he's tried to curl it around the keeper in the box. And to be fair, the defenders got in and made, got just about slid in and got a touch on it. And it's kind of diverted the ball back into the keeper, like sort of the savable reach for the keeper. From where we were, it looked like he'd uh, just kind of blown the one-on-one, really. He didn't realise it was actually a brilliant intervention by the defender. Um, but then Norwich go, that's when Norwich got the other end and score straight away. So that's really frustrating. The Blues make a double sub. We bring on Janino Bakuna and Siriki Dembele. And literally minutes after, like, no minutes, like seconds after they came on, Bakuna gets the ball, plays a bad pass to Dembele, doesn't quite get there, or it's easily intercepted. And uh, Jonathan Rowe basically ends up getting the ball. He had a great game. He was really good. Uh, gets the ball, drives into the box, sticks it past Ruddy, who, like we were saying, probably could have done better with it as well. Like at his near post. And from there, the game was kind of dead. You know, there was half an hour of the game to go, two quick fire goals. It's kind of game over. It's almost game over. Yeah. And then we had a couple, like, couple of decent chances after that. Like Miyashi had a really good chance. Uh, not a good chance, but he, he made a lot of it. From distance, he kind of hit the look like the underside of the crossbar from where I was, and it's not gone in, so that was unlucky. Uh, and then Jordan James has a header right at the end, and I I don't know how he's missed it. That is a, a ter- it's a really bad miss. So it's, there's no shame in losing to a team like Norwich, even if they've had a bad result the week before, because they are a good team. David Wagner, I know he's had a bit of an up and down career, but he is capable of. Yeah, you know, he did it with Huddersfield. He's capable of yeah. getting teams out of the championship. But yeah, it's been a real, the last sort of, we're down to 12th now. The last sort of, I think it's five league games without a win now. It's definitely a downward trajectory. But not only the, like we lost to Preston, but we played well. Lost to Watford, but it sounded like we were a bit unlucky. And pro- if we hadn't had a player sent off, we're probably getting a draw. So, but the, like these last couple of games, QPR and the QPR performance wasn't great. Norwich's performance was bad. Like it was disappointing. And I do, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like it's as well, though. It's, I feel like it's individual performances letting us down, in my opinion. Public opinion on Eustace has really switched, I think. There's a lot of questions about him now, which I'm I'm not on board with personally yet. I think he's done enough to deserve time to work this out. Yeah, no, I, I wonder if it's... Obviously, there was the links with the Rangers job, which has now become available. I wouldn't, you know, maybe I, there's I, something in it. Maybe, but I, I honestly think if, it, if the Rangers job had come up a few weeks ago, I'd be kind of nervous about them taking him but now I just don't think they would now I think right. our form's dipped so much um, but there's such a feel good factor at the start of the season I, I think you deserves a bit more time to try and yeah. work this out we got a big double game week again coming up this week um, but I mentioned individual performances it's players that like Sunjic has started the season really well and I said he didn't play against QPR and I thought uh, we really noticed his absence but he had a really poor game against Norwich his passing was really poor um, I was praising Cody Dramer for how much his performance improved against QPR, but he had a really weak game. Genuinely looked like a bit of a liability on the ball at times. Some really sloppy passes. He's got a really bad habit of making bad passes or questionable yeah. runs right near the box, his own box. So like it gets intercepted or the pass goes astray. A dangerous play, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Sounds a bit dramatic, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Uh, Hogan, like he's got, we're seven or eight games in now in the league, and he's got one league goal. It's not good enough. Uh, I thought Burke was better. I thought he was better, not like exactly amazing still. 
But he's um, not a yeah. clinical finisher either. So. No, no, no. And it's like, you're allowed five subs and we're st- it's really noticeable now. Like, Keshi Anderson's injured, Buchanan's injured, Laird's injured, Roberts is injured, and they're all like, I'm not sure about Roberts, but the others, it all sounds like they're going to be out for like five to six weeks. And they're like huge losses. And I think that means that our starting eleven's not quite as strong. And then it also means the players that we're bringing off the bench are like another step down, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, we're bringing, like, I've got nothing against the guy, but we're, bring, we're bringing like Gary Gardner on with like, you know, we're two all down. We need like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Bad day at the office. A fun day out, nonetheless, whatever. It's an away day. Good to get back on the away days. But, um, yeah, not a performance to remember. And I, I hope we don't have another one that bad for quite a while on the pitch. And Norwich is blacklisted now. Norwich is blacklisted. No, hey, if it's, a play- <laughs> if it's you know, playoff semi-final or <laughs> cup semi-final, we're going. But, you know, for now, uh, maybe not. So, yeah, that was all compounded by... Um, Obviously, seeing your result just beforehand in the midday kickoff, you had a, a slightly better home game at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's one of them though, Dan. Where it's almost like bittersweet because I almost went and didn't. Yeah. So um, for anyone who didn't see it, you uh, won. We absolutely annihilated Brighton six-one at Villa Park. So. Probably a, 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 a big shock. I don't think anyone was expecting that. No, I did not. I am um, like Brighton are really good. Yeah. They are, they are, but they were incredibly naive against us. Um, they played a midfield two um, of Billy Gilmore and um, I've forgotten his name, Hinchelwood, um, who's a young teenager making his debut. Um, and they just couldn't live with. Douglas Louise and Bubakar Kamara, unsurprisingly, um, I guess. Um, but no, it's weird. Um, we seem to be Brighton's bogey team. Um, since we since we got promoted, um, we've only lost to them once, and we've only drew, and we've drawn a couple of times. But yeah, the, the only time they beat us was in the lockdown season, but. You know, Gerard did the double over Brighton. Emery's done the double over Brighton. Uh, Dean Smith got a win or two against Brighton. So, um, yeah, it's a weird, we're a bogey team for another team. It's quite wild, really. It's not, it's not normally that way. Not not a bad team to have under the cosh as well. Um, yeah, but like, what happened? Like, what? Like, why was it so comfortable? It was probably our best performance under Unai Emery. And that's saying something because I, I thought the Newcastle game last year was sensational. Um, but we were clinical. Ollie Watkins, like he, he can be a bit streaky in his form. He can go through a long a bit of a barren patch, but he can then go through a really hot scoring scoring streak. And so he got his first goal of the season in the Premier League against Chelsea last week. He had been returning goal contributions in the other games, which is really important to know, because uh, people forget that. Um and he worked so hard off the ball, but yeah, he got that goal and he was just, you know, I don't know whether it's because he knew the England squad is out on Thursday, <laughs> yeah, but he true. was just incredible. He was, he was unplayable, especially in that first half. They Brighton's defense. They just could not live with him. His runs in behind. It, yeah. He, he was just absolutely unplayable. He was, is probably his best performance in a Villa show. He was absolutely sensational. He's now scored 50 goals in all competitions for Aston Villa. And I think it's something crazy, like almost, it's not quite half, but almost half of them have come since Unai Emery joined the club. 
Wow, that is, I mean, that is wild. He's been there just over a year, am I right in saying? Less uh, than a year? Less than a year, yeah. Wow, gosh, that's that's crazy. So, it's it's incredible, really. But yeah, he, he's also the first player to score two hat-tricks in the same season since Andy Gray. Oh, the Hibs, also... Hibs doesn't count. Hibs in the, in the year. We could throw a team together and I'd score a hat-trick <laughs> against Hibs. Like, it, <laughs> like, it doesn't count. I'm sorry. Uh, but let's uh, say but it he, did. Let's say it did. He, you know, the, he's the first. What is it? The first player since Andy Gray to score two hat tricks in the same season, and he's now joint. He scored the joint most hat tricks for an Aston Villa player. Two across all seasons with two. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's a great stat, nonetheless. I think it is. Yeah, it is. Benteke, I think, is joint top. I think it's just them two at the top. There might be another one that I've missed. Um, but yeah, Douglas Louise got on the score sheet again. He's now scored in five successive home games. He's the first player to do that since Gareth Barry. Um, and that which isn't bad for a guy we bought as a, a number six, a defensive midfielder. No, and it's um, been rumoured to have, you know, left a couple of times by the sound of things as well. Yeah, well, I remember when he first came to us. Um, he was part of that recruitment when we bought 11 players in the summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I remember that first season, I was like, what is this guy's position? Because he wasn't disciplined enough to be a six, but he wasn't a box-to-box midfielder. It's like, what? what is this guy? Um, and even under Gerard 12 months ago, he wasn't in the starting 11. We, like, he couldn't fit in Kamara, Ramsey, McGinn, and Louise. And it was Louise that tended to be the one that missed out. Um but yeah, the, the improvement he's had, and he's one of the best midfielders in the league, and he's probably one of the most underrated players in the league as well. Um, he's so critical to our system. Like when he did, when he doesn't play, I don't think he did. He, he might not have played. He didn't play in Stevenson or Warsaw. He didn't play in one of them, and you can just tell we just get sort of overrun. And he's your so, Rodri. He is our Rodri. Yeah. Your Kiston Belt. Yeah. <laughs> Two players of such similar <laughs> abilities. Sim- similar capabilities. Only one of them has uh, slide tackled Jack Grealish in the first minute of a game and <laughs> had the crowd erupt. <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, good days. Good, um, not so good. Not so good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of speaking of local lads in a Villa shirt, Jacob Ramsey, um, who missed the game in midweek with injury and was a real doubt for this game, played. They played a good half an hour or so. He may, might even played a little bit more. Uh, he was brilliant when he came on and he scored an unbelievable goal. I thought, it, the guy just had ice in his veins the way he just like curled that into the far corner. Um, he's going to be some player. He's already a great player and and. Uh, like he's not he's not maybe on the he's a different type of player to a Jude Bellingham but the two of them could could easily dominate England's midfield for the next few years like they are both top top players Fair um, enough. so like if we got relegated if we got relegated tomorrow Jacob Ramsey would be snapped up by a Champions League club I have absolutely no doubt about it um interesting so yeah um John John McGinn, like for for a guy who twelve months ago was sinking in a Villa shirt, and the captain's armband was dragging him down. The, he was he was unbelievable again. I mean, Unai Emery doesn't really select people out in his interviews who've had great performances, and he pulled John McGinn out. 
Un- what was he at left back? No, he was back in his <laughs> in his much better position of like. Well, we play like a four four two or a four two two two. Yeah, so he plays in that sort of right attacking mid slot. So he's like an inverted winger slash attacking midfielder. Yeah, he doesn't really play on the wing. But yeah, we we were great. Brighton weren't brilliant. They, they, there were some bad performances across the board for them. I mean, they made three changes at half time. Uh, Evan Ferguson didn't have a kick. Uh, Purvis Estupinian had an absolute shocker. He was awful in that first half. I mean, he was, and then the own goal just sort of topped it off for him. Yeah. Um, you know, it lost me points in fantasy, but who cares? We won the game. Lost me points. Lost me points in Super Six. Here we are. Yeah. Bad weekend all round. <laughs> yeah. Um, really good performance. We briefly went third in the league. I think we've dropped to about fifth now, and we've won nine Premier, ten Premier League games in a row at Villa Park. So that place is becoming a fortress. It's what we need. It's what we need Villa Park to be for us. Is what Anfield is to Liverpool, or like the Etihad is to Manchester City, where you ju- you just go there as an away team and go. Oh, let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, no one wants um, to go there. No, but something I, I, I'd written down to say about Everton, and then I think it's more apt to say now is Dean Smith once said in one of our interviews where don't get too high in the highs and too low in the lows. So, and I think Bill Shakespeare, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a really important one, especially for the week we had where we had a really disappointing defeat in the League Cup. And then we've come into the Premier League and had an incredible win. It's about enjoying it, and you can be frustrated when we, you know, get knocked out of the league up, but we don't have to go over the top with it. Cool. Uh, where do you want to go next? Do you want to? Did you have anything else to cover other than the? Oh yeah, or... I have some more housekeeping. I don't know oh. if you've got any club-related house- housekeeping. Burns housekeeping. It's, we're going to get some stings done soon. It's going to be Burns yeah. housekeeping. It's going to be <laughs> um, We mentioned last week. Um, the, about the Castor shirts and them being absolutely dreadful, especially the home shirt. Uh, there was a lot of worries, obviously, because the WSL season started yesterday at the time of recording. Um, but they seem to be finding they need to. They're trying to find a quick fix and then a long term solution for the rest of the season. Um, it turns out the away kit is just as bad as the home kit, but it's barely been worn. So, and it's white. So you don't really see it in the same way that the claret completely changes color. Um, and we haven't worn the third kit at all. So I couldn't tell you, we don't know about that one yet. Um, but it, the, the big news about it is that it, there's a lot of rumors now that the Castor deal is going to be terminated early. We had signed a multi-year agreement, which is probably about what four or five years uh, under the old CEO, uh, Christian Perslow. So that deal is probably going to get terminated. We've seen Newcastle have ditched them for Adidas. Um, we will probably be... Liverpool had them for a few years and they'll use Nike, don't they? No, they had New Balance, who I oh, wouldn't that be to of? have it. I, I'd be very happy with New Balance. The, the one brand I do not want is Nike. Yeah. And... Um, like, don't get me wrong, the quality of their stuff is great and their logo is cool. But you see it with even the 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 tops, the big six Premier League clubs, they all get the, a lot of them get templates in one way, shape, or form. And we're not gonna be I, I'd rather have a little bit like, you know, a castor or a kappa or even like an under armor, like 
they're not um, they're not one of those big massive brands they're big brands but they're not massive brands where you're going to get unique shirts across the whole range you know um and that's why like and you know I think Adidas are the, the leaders in the kits at the moment. So I wouldn't be angry 100%. if we got Adidas because I think they'd make us something absolutely incredible. Um, but a new we, balance would be nice. Yeah, I mean, we've had Nike. We're in our third or fourth year with Nike. And I do like some of the kits. Like I bought like I bought some of them. Um, yeah, I think we're in our fourth season with them now. Uh, mm-hmm. I have bought some of them. They are, they, they're okay. We've also had some really not good ones. And it is a huge step down on the Adidas kits. Like... Our Adidas kits were fantastic. I think we like we have Nike. Nike is officially who makes the kits. Like they, it's a Nike logo on the kit, but I think they like outsource it to. I think they're called Just Sports or something. Mm. Is that what they're called? And they're the ones that make the kits. Um, so it is just templates. It's Nike is the name. It's not. Um, yeah. There's nothing really fancy about it. Well, it's the same with us. So since 2018, um, we've had three different kit makers who design the kits and then it's fanatics that make the kits right but they they are making the kits from a specification that has sent them by the kit designing company so in this case right. castor um but yeah i just i just i i just don't want not that it's i just don't want night templates I, look and night kits in the in that sort of martin o'neill era were amazing they're great kits but even now, when I look at them, I pull them out. They are the same shirt, just with different colors. It's the same template, but yeah. they're so nice. They're such nice shirts; you don't really notice it. Um, but like they've they've had they've made some real stinkers in in the last couple of years as well for some of the bigger clubs. Like some of the Tottenham shirts have been dreadful. Oh yeah. Um, would you have X Tep? Um, <laughs> not not sure. Go on, but go on. I'm happy to have a unique small yeah. brand and have a unique goalie shirt, a unique home shirt, a unique away shirt and a unique third shirt. That's what I want. I suppose when you had Luke, that was very, like you were the only club right then went well. Yeah. But um, this will always be a thing where, because those kits were so, so nice. And obviously we got promoted in those kits. People are always like, bring back the loot kits. The reason we they didn't have a multi-year deal or they didn't extend the deal past a year was because they lit because they couldn't cope with the demand right. of the shirts that of the prod of the training. The billion, the, the billions kids. of Villa fans around the world that wanted a loot well, kit. <laughs> but it's kids one of them in, though. Kids in like Zimbabwe were crying because they couldn't yeah. get a loot <laughs> <laughs> But they were just kits where maybe we hadn't sold that many kits for a couple of years and yeah. they designed three really nice kits. Really ones, we had a great season. Everyone wants the kits. Those shirts are so rare and they're so mm. expensive. So it's especially now that we're a Premier League club and you're looking to distribute globally as well, they're arguably just not a, they're they're too small of a brand True. to be able to do that. True. Probably. I mean, that's my assumption anyway. So we'll see. Um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was um, the badge, the badge situation. So we're, 
we are currently playing uh, we're currently branded with two badges at the moment yeah so... it's very weird um as someone who doesn't support villa it's very confusing i don't really understand what's going it's on it's confusing for us um so the long and short of it is when we had the ceo change in the summer there's a few things that have happened where the old regime wanted to go in one direction and the new regime are looking at it and going either trying to stop it change it or or go in a completely different direction and we're seeing that with things like the terrace view and they've changed the halt suite to another hospitality thing and that's annoying people and we're also seeing it with the badge so we had the badge surveys and consultations last year and the club sort of steered everyone in a direction of the round badge they surprised everyone they swapped the lion facing the other way and um they went this was christian Perslow's brainchild almost of having the round badge back um chris heck has come in and he doesn't think that badge is good enough to for aston villa to appeal as a global brand at the end of the day whether you agree with that or not that is his job that is why he is there at the club to make us a global brand and i i think i explained it in our group chat the other day when they started putting feelers out about they're going to change the badge again um I know that we historically had a round badge. I know as a Villa fan, we had a round badge when we won the European Cup and what a round badge means to Aston Villa. To people who live the other side of the world that just watch Premier League football week in, week out, they will look at our badge and say it looks like Chelsea's badge. Even though we've had that design before Chelsea, these people grow up on the big six and Chelsea's round badge. They don't grow up on the history of Aston Villa. They will see that badge and go, oh, it looks like Chelsea's badge. I understand that. It's a, it, it's weird and it's dumb, but that's that's the truth of it in a way. And so they had the survey go out today. I filled mine in. If you have a fan ID, you should be getting it. Or at least if you're a member or a season ticket holder, you'll get the email. Um. It looks like they're trying to push that they, they want to try and keep the shield. So the more up-to-date version of this shield badge, um, which we've had since 2016. Um, so we'll see where that goes. For me, I think if we're gonna check there's nothing wrong with the current badge, uh, with the, the current shield badge. Um, I actually it's of all of our badges, it's probably one of my favorites. Um if we were going to change it, I feel like if the club wants to go in this modern progressive direction, the way to do it is to drop the shield and just have the lion, the star, and then some sort of AVFC or Aston Villa football club in the way that Liverpool just have the liver bird. Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal do it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even Man United this year have done it as well, where on their third kit they've just got the devil and the the, the pitch field, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think Huddersfield. Yeah, it's not spear, well. is it? It's a pitch. No. <laughs> it's not <laughs> spear. Yeah. But even Huddersfield back in the day had just the terrier uh, in yeah. their last Premier League season. So I feel like the club want to go in a modern, progressive direction. The circle badges are like they're the old modern, and the way it's going yeah. is to a simplified version. Of yeah, badges. I find I find the circle badges as well. Like it's like a template you could make on FIFA. They all. I look at a club like Man City who had a really kind of uniquely shaped badge when yeah. we were growing up and they've replaced it with just this like generic circle design. Um, and so many other clubs have done that. Like if you look at like all the badges in like the Premier League or in the Championship, That's so the many of them are just, yeah. yeah, they're just the exact same shape basically. 
And I saw a thing on 442 ages ago, and they were ranking the greatest badges in like in the world, basically. And I'm not just saying this, but Blues scored really highly. We were on there. It's unique. And it's such exactly. a unique badge. They said the Blues badge is one of the very few you can identify if it was a silhouette. Yeah. Which is a really good point. Probably these circle badges and just these generic format ones is that's the, it's the exact opposite. Um, so I think that's something to be, if you did go to this, what you're talking about, where it's like almost like there's no background to it and it's just like the iconography of it, like what Liverpool and Arsenal and them have done, that you can kind of get a similar thing there. It makes it very unique to you. So that could be a positive move in that sense. And don't get me wrong, like I when we did the consultation and we voted for this round badge, um, I think on its own the badge is all right. Yeah, it's it, it's grand. The problem is when you put it you've on got, the you, home you, kit, you've got a coaster of it. It's that good. Yeah, <laughs> but but I I don't have the current home shirt, so I can't really show you. But the no. one thing that strikes me is you stick that on the claret home shirt. What happens? You just completely the... lose. Yeah. You completely lose the badge in the home shirt because of all the claret around the circle. As whereas on this, uh, this doesn't help that I'm wearing a green shirt today. But obviously, it doesn't like fade into the shirt because the shield is blue and the shirt yeah. is claret. So that's the main thing I've noticed with with the, that's the biggest problem I have with the round badge is that on the home shirt it just completely disappears into the shirt and you can't see the badge. So, um, we we kind of had the vibes when the home shirt got released that that badge would not last more than a season, and it is it's basically they basically said if we don't if we're either going to change it slightly differently, they're going to either they, they want to keep the shield or they'll ditch the shield completely. Fair enough. At least it's got further than when Leeds tried to change their badge a few years yeah. ago. Literally the oh worst God. badge I've ever seen in my life. I, I thought it was a wind yeah. up. Like, yeah, they didn't even get didn't even get a game. They like had to change no. it. No, at least they didn't rebrand the stadium. So they re- they reckoned that the, if Villa had rebranded to the round badge across everything, so uh, right, right, it would have cost twelve million pounds. If you see your new CEO isn't sure. That's why you stop it dead. And if he'd have been, if the kits weren't made so far in advance, there is no way it would have been on the kits this year. Interesting, interesting. So at least they'll hopefully uh, fix it for you. Yeah, we'll see. Something to keep an eye on. I suppose twelve million pound as well is like half a player to you. That's like half a backup player to you, isn't it? It'd be our record signing. It's, but... it's an entire Ross McCormack. <laughs> is it? <laughs> and that, but changing the badge would be money better spent. Than um than uh, buying Ross McCormack. Do you want a badge or do you want a Ross McCormack? I'll t- I'll take a badge any any day. Yeah. Um, I'll take Ross McCormack from 2011. Not like yeah. uh, no. cool. Um, shall we look ahead to um the games coming up yeah. this week? It's an international yes. break again after this week somehow. So we're into um, yeah last few we'll games. Have to start. We'll have to start thinking about who our next special will be on Dan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Uh, blues. Should we start with blues because we're, we're playing yeah. midweek. You're not. Are you? No, you are playing. Yeah, midweek, we're, not Thursday, we're on. Thir- we're playing on Thursday. So we've got Conference League against. God, here we go. Uh, Zrinski Mostar Mostar. I think it's Mostar. We're just going to call them Mostar. Run with it. Um, yeah, huge, huge game. We talked about it briefly last week, um, so I won't basically repeat what we've already said. Uh, must win after the defeat in Warsaw. Um, 
So um, there's quite a lot of tickets still available. So if you are filming and knowing about whether to go, there are loads of tickets for this one. So please come down to Villa Park because we need to we need to win. We need a really good atmosphere because I would imagine the Bosnian fans that travel over are going to be making some racket in Villa Park. So um, I hope we go really, really strong. Um, if we can play the same 11, maybe with Jacob Ramsey in for Zaniolo, then great. Um, yeah, it's must win. There's not much more to say other than that. Interesting. Um, so we have got, we're back in league action on Tuesday night. So hopefully this podcast will be up by then. So I won't spend too much time on it just in case it's not. But um, yeah, we're playing Huddersfield Town at home. Um, I, I don't feel like in the league you can have a must-win game in like uh, like October, um, early you October. You say that though, but like Everton played Luton at the weekend and that yeah, true. was must-win. So. True. Um, but I definitely think we could use it. Just, it'd be really nice to go into the international break with some like positive, you know, let's have a good couple of games and get back on it. Because I think if we don't get a win out of these two, we won't have had a win in this, between the two international breaks, which would be such a disappointment seeing as we won like three or four before it. Um, so, yeah, Darren Moore's gone there now, a manager I do like. Uh, obviously, Warnock's left. And I think they've drawn two games. I think they've drawn both their games since he went in there. Yeah. I think they drew Coventry, and I think it was a last-minute equaliser that they got. Yeah. Um, and then they drew, I think it was Ipswich they drew as well, who obviously are flying at the minute. Um, so that's a really positive result. So there'll be no pushes what pushovers whatsoever and obviously we're still missing a load of players Anderson Buchanan Laird Roberts um, so that's frustrating I would not be against seeing Emmanuel Iwu go in maybe instead of Dramer and I think Miyashi's got to play I personally would play Stansfield as the nine I think he's deserved that chance I think he's looked really sharp and I think he should be like the out and out striker in my opinion just even just to let Hogan clear his head a bit. I think he maybe needs it. Um, so I, I think I do genuinely think it'll be a tough game. I think they'll be really there going like that. And at the minute we're going like that. Uh, for those listening, that was me doing a very uh, dramatic, like upwards motion for Huddersfield <laughs> and down for Lewis. Uh So yeah, it'll be a tough game. But on paper, we're better. So I wouldn't be surprised if we nicked a one goal win. I think we do have better players and a better prime for it. But yeah, that's what it's feel tomorrow. And then the big one on Friday night. Yeah. Sky uh, Sports. Yeah, we're back on in live action on Friday night. Um uh following the QPR game a couple of weeks ago. We're playing West Brom at home. So they're obviously our dar- our biggest derby at the minute. Um a baggies is a big row. It is a big row. You know, it's obviously not got like the hatred that Blues and Villa have got, but um it's it does have like a bit of yeah, you know, we know load of, loads oh, of Baggies oh, fans. Yeah. We've got family that are Baggies fans. It is a big deal. I, I'd um, say the rivalry between Blues and West Brom is probably on par with Villa and West Brom. The, the, oh, yeah. The two that just, it, they're, they're second best. Yeah, they But are, we still absolutely. don't like them. <laughs> know your place, know your place yeah. West Brom. Um, but yeah, no, it should be good. It gen- so it's probably our biggest game. It genuinely is probably our biggest game yeah. of the season. Um we went years without beating West Brom. We went, I think it was about 15 years without beating them. But then we've won the last three times we've played them now. Both our games against them last season were fantastic. Like we won the away one, three, two. Scott Hogan scored one of my, as much as I've criticised him, Hogan scored one of my favourite Blues goals ever in that game. And then we beat them again on the Friday night game last season, two nil. And Hannibal had like 
one of the best individual performances I've seen from a Blues player. He was outstanding. Yeah, um, I remember watching that game actually. Michael Brighton played for West Brom. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, I just hope it's a, the Friday night games have been QPR. Despite the performance, was a really good atmosphere. Uh, I talked about how the club put a lot of effort into like just the match day experience and stuff. So looking forward to all of that. And I just hope the performance lives up to it this time. West Brom are on an upward strip trajectory as well themselves, yeah. though. Had a really good result against Preston, who have been on fire lately. I think they're getting 4-0 at the weekend. Um, yeah. 4-0, 4-1, like Um So it's going to be really tough, but yeah, really excited for it as well. Though. They're the games you are a football fan for. Um, and so if we can get if we can get four points from West Brom and Huddersfield, I feel like I've said this a lot on this podcast, but <laughs> if we get four points from them two games, that would be much better. We've got to win at least one of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Stop the rot. Stop the rot. Uh, who are you playing this weekend? We've got the other Midlands team, probably at the closest we have to a derby in Wolverhampton Wanderers. On oh, Sunday. it's a, it's a Midlands Grand Slam. I didn't, I didn't realise. Yeah. What's Midlands Grand Slam? It's, it's the it's the not so great version of the Midlands rivalries this week where yeah. it's like it's not quite Villa Blues and it's not quite West Brom Wolves, but um yeah, so we're going to Molyneux on Sunday in the two o'clock slot, the one that isn't on telly, obviously. Um so yeah, we we're on a a good run. So it depends how midweek goes, really. I mean, if we win in midweek, that'll be back to back wins for the first time in quite a long time. Um, so, I mean, if we can go, if we can, you know, Wolves are off the back of a great result against Man City at home at the weekend. And this is the game they're always up for. They are always up for it against us. Um, we haven't won at Molyneux in years. I genuinely cannot remember the last time we won that. It could have been the year Robbie Keane scored twice. Like, <laughs> Yeah, possibly. Like, Heskey like, scored it, that it, one year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he did, yeah. <laughs> I watched it. I was like, what? <laughs> So, I mean, if we came out of Molyneux with a point, I'd probably take it because we, I just don't see it. We just never win there. Um, but there we bang up for it that they've found maybe found a little bit of form. And so we'll see. It'll be a really, really tough game. Really, really tough game. Um, and they, they might try and counter us in the way that they counterattacked Manchester City at the weekend. So, um, the high line will be uh, tested and hopefully VAR remember to draw the lines and uh, we'll be, hopefully we'll get over the line with three points. Uh, you have a prediction? I think it'd be tight. If we win there, we'll win maybe like one nil probably. And I think we'll beat Mostar three nil. I'm to be positive. Fair enough. I, I think, well, yeah, I think we'll beat Huddersfield one, one nil. And I think we'll, I think we'll draw West Brom two two. I think it'll be a good game. No, we're not scoring two goals. One one, maybe one one. <laughs> it's um, normally a good game. The the Blues, uh, Blues West Brom. Yeah, the last couple have been fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. West Midlands Grand Slam this weekend. I didn't even realise. Should be a, should be exciting. Cool. Should we uh, should we call it a night? Yes, I think we should. I think this is going to be another long one. So yeah, it's these double one. game weeks. They, know, just take, no, they take no, up so much time. No end in sight, yeah, to the, the double game weeks. Um, fantastic. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please do subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you are listening on. Uh, and, of course, feel free to check out the Alex McLeish special that Callum mentioned earlier that we did a couple of weeks ago.
yeah, and go back and check uh, any of the others, uh, especially the YouTube videos and see what shirts we've been wearing every week. Because as we say at the start, we wear a different one every week. And leave us a five-star review while we're at it on uh, the audio platform of your choice. And you can also follow us on Twitter, slash X, TikTok, and YouTube. And you can find us with the handle at Second City Pod. That's at Second City Pod. So 2ND City Pod. Yeah. I think that about covers all basis this week, Dan. Absolutely. Um, enjoy. You're going to the Villa game on Thursday, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll see you for a pint beforehand. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah, I'll sneak by after work and uh, meet you for a for a brew. Um, and yeah, fantastic. Enjoy the game. Uh, I'll try and enjoy our games this week as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you next same time next week, hopefully, and uh, up the Villa. Up the blues, SOPV. Nice one. See you <laughs> next time, Carl. Cheers. <laughs>